Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's Women to Watch on WFYL 1180. My name is Susan Rocco, and each week I get to sit down with a woman who is making a big difference in our community and share her story with all of you. If you're listening and you'd like to become a part of the show, I would love to talk to you. So please feel free to give me a call at 215-313-5561 or email me at srocco233 at gmail. Um, today's show is, is going to be a perfect show for the time of year that we're in, and, and that is because we're all about gift giving right now. And in the studio I have with me Veronica Hallstrom, who is the owner of Club Creative Studio in Abington. And uh, Veronica bis- Veronica's business, excuse me, focuses on one-of-a-kind pieces in clay and glass. So thank you so much for coming in today, Veronica. I'm You're happy welcome. to have you. Thank you. Um, as we always do each week with my guests, we spend the first half hour talking about your background story. And uh, I would love to hear all about your your family and your life growing up in Nebraska. Okay. Well, growing up in Nebraska, our household was pretty much nurturing with creativity. Uh, I think I inherited some of my creative genes from my parents. They were always doing something creative. So for me, it was normal to have a garage that the inside was painted with little vignette murals that my dad (laughs) uh, did. Uh, Also, I always found my mother busy with her hands, whether it was uh, painting, uh, sewing, crafting, even building. So she was very comfortable with the creative side of life. And I think that passed on to me specifically when I was the recipient of handmade clothing that she provided for me growing up and then also one of a kind Barbie clothes. Okay, so your father was an artist. Um, I would say they were both um, creative and artsy, but no, their background were in different areas. Okay, and and did you have siblings that also went into the art field? I have two brothers, but my brothers were into sports and other things growing up. So for me, being the girly type, um, those type of things were just introduced for me to me and for me. So. Okay, so that what you not only were you surrounded by artistic things, but it really was kind of innate in you. I think so, and I think that's the key to um, finding your passion is going back to your past and finding the cues that you grew up with that can transfer and go into your life and highlight whatever you're going to be doing down the road. Right. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about the schools that you attended, starting with your high school? Okay. Well, my high school um, was a small Catholic school in the hometown of Nebraska in Lincoln, and that's the capital of Nebraska. Uh, it was a, um, um, a very nurturing place uh, where uh, the faculty and staff were very supportive, as in any school. Uh, my um, My focus lied in the art program, and we had two specific art teachers that were really um, uh, supportive and made you think and go beyond the box in whatever you wanted to do. Now, the thing about a small Catholic school is that oftentimes the resources aren't there for you to uh, be able to flourish maybe to your highest point, but that's okay because that's where creativity is sparked the most, I think, when you have limited resources and when you are able to uh, use what you have and then experiment with those things and go beyond that. Yeah, I think that's a great point. My, my children attended a, um, a, a parochial school, and that was the case, but their art teacher, Jane Vigiano, will always be someone they remember who inspired them that way. Mm-hmm. And so was can you talk about that one teacher in particular that might have really given you some inspiration while you were there? Um, well, I think stemming from um, grade school kind of helps catapult into the high school because having that spark in grade school had the interest continue in in high school and then also in college where I majored in art as well. So I think any time that you have a teacher that is inspiring to you or that you look up to in any way, whatever their their specific focus of or subject matter was, you're going to want to follow in those footsteps and grow just like they did. Right. So I think getting the positive results, um, the positive reinforcement in grade school 
catapulted into high school and then allowed me to be creative with any teacher that I had in high school. Right. So, mm-hmm. And how about what was your first job out of high school? Or, or did you have a job while you were in high school? I did have a job in high school, which had nothing to do with creativity, although it, um, I guess, gave me the background to work with all types of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked in a... Um, wasn't really called a nursing home. It was a center where um, assisted living type of people were there. Okay. And uh, I was serving breakfast and worked before school, went over, hopped over to school. It was right across the street Mm -hmm. and then had a full day of school. But um, just serving coffee and Sanka, what they called back then, Sanka. which was oh decaffeinated coffee. Right, but right. I'd say, you know, coffee, tea, or Sanka. And right. that was, you know, not the most creative job. But, um, you know, I think um, the creativity can be, I don't know, involved in anything that yeah. you're doing. Well, so. I think we always remember our first job. And we all learn something from that first job. Doesn't matter what it is. Nine times out of ten, it has nothing to do with what we're doing right, now. But right. Um, that's a great first job. I, I know a lot of people that did that. St. Joe's Manor in Flowertown. We were all over there giving orange juice to the retired nuns mm-hmm. and sisters. And it teaches you a lot. It does. Yes. Yeah. So um, now when I was looking at your profile and your background, I noticed you spent some time um, in Japan as an English immersion teacher. I would yes. love to hear about that. Okay. Well, um, the opportunity came to travel abroad when um, my husband uh joined the military. We were married for five years before uh, he decided to join the military, and he was also an educator, a teacher. And um, so stepping outside the realm of what we knew as a family uh, with no real background or knowledge of how the military lifestyle works, uh, we jumped into that situation, and that has taken us to many places outside of Nebraska. So when I say Nebraska is my home, it is my hometown, but not my home. Okay. My home is always wherever the Marine Corps takes us. Okay. And specifically, it's usually about every two to three years because we move around about that amount of time every each time. Mm-hmm. So. Um, going to Japan for three years, uh, we did have our two children with us at that time in fourth grade and just turning three. And it was a great experience to not only appreciate and enjoy the culture, but also get a taste for how you can adapt and function in a new place. Um, the opportunity came for me to um, be a preschool teacher, and I hopped around from uh, Japanese preschool to Japanese preschool and use my creativity that way um, by creating games for um, them to learn langu- the English language a little bit easier. So that was a great stepping stone for me to um, work with that specific age group, but then also use my creativity daily as I was trying to get across me not speaking with the language barrier, um, me not being able to understand, but then also trying to teach them, you know, our language. Right. I, um, I would think that that would be very difficult. Now, how were you supported as far as programs um, to use for the children? It was totally up to me. It was. Wow. So it was great as far as flexibility went. Um, we sang, used music, you know, did physical activities that would kind of get the get the message across, you know, even a type of sign language, you know, a lot of pointing was done. Right. Uh, I did have, I did have a translator in, in house that was there to, you know, either maybe put children in line that I wasn't aware what was going on or to, you know, maybe reiterate the words that I was trying to explain to them. But all in all, at the end of the, um, season, we had a big Christmas show and for them to, uh, appreciate coming from point A to point B where now they're singing songs, they're communicating, they're, um, you know, getting the hang of it as preschoolers, you right, know, little right. sponges just absorbing uh, anything that they could that was new and different to them. Right. They're probably the best students that age. They were. They were um, attentive and, and I think appreciative of the different, you know, and the, and the pride, I think, in learning something new and being able to go home and saying something that their parents didn't know how to say something. And know. did the teachers remain in the classroom as well so mm-hmm. that they could, you know, oh, yes. when you weren't 
or they weren't in that class with you, they could still kind of brush up on those English skills. They were they were learning at the same time. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's great. Mm-hmm. So then you transitioned and, and um, you uh, ended up in North Carolina. Was that a couple of years later, as you uh, mentioned? Actually, I went from North Carolina to Japan. Uh, and we've been to North Carolina several times. We've been to Pennsylvania. This is our second time in Pennsylvania. Uh, we were here about eight years ago uh, and uh, lived a little bit north of where we are now. And um, so back and forth, um, depending on the base situation uh, where my husband's job is located, we go from area to area, but basically the same specific areas. Um, we had been in North Carolina for the longest amount of time at a specific time, so five years back when they were um, had a, um, what they called stop loss when they had the war and they were, weren't moving people around as much. So we had stayed there for five years, which was extraordinary. So our children kind of um, relate to North Carolina as their home because that's been the longest time frame that we've been in a specific spot. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the difference in the, in the um, school systems. And I mean, Japan, North Carolina, Nebraska, these are all very different places. And is there anything specific that you notice that's different? Uh, not specifically when my, uh, my daughter went to a DOD high school. So in that respect, it was more like a private school because DOD is specifically for those military children on that military base and uh, a smaller school. So that setting was about the same as anywhere else if you're attending a smaller school and anywhere else. Uh, and that we went to a DOD school and on base in Japan as well. Um, so as far as ranking from state to state, you know, each school has a different ranking, but they're, they're, all, they're all basically about the same as far as education. We just feel that we have had an, an education for our children that have just been able to flourish wherever, so I think it's very basic. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how about your time? I, I, I read that you um, were involved in the Even Start program, and you worked with at-risk um, preschoolers. What yes. was that like? Well, I think that I was able to parlay into that position when I lived in Arizona because of the experience I had in Japan, and that was one thing that was brought up, is that uh, I had that connection of being able to... Um, work with diverse people and being in the military has given that to us being able to be um, flexible and more tolerant maybe of other people and their needs and wants and traits so um, the even start program and at-risk children was fantastic opportunity because I was thrown into a classroom of preschoolers again, which that is not my background, but I was given that chance to be there. So it was, it was a great challenge. Uh, the, the children did not speak a, a lick of English and they were all speaking Spanish, their first language. So again, using those tricks and traits of being creative and how can I teach these children uh, the language in a new way, in a fun way, in a way they're going to remember, retain, and get ready for kindergarten. Um, it was a big challenge, but fun. Right. I wonder, do you miss that, uh, the teaching? You, I, you did a lot of teaching before you launched your um, your business. I did. I was an art teacher for several years in various states as well. So I think the, I do miss that from time to time because I miss uh, seeing... Uh, the wheels turn in someone's head as they're trying to create or trying to figure something out. And I miss the guidance um, that I'm able to give and advice in showing someone how maybe they I can spark them into creativity. But at the same time, um, I, bit by bit, I can always add education because that's my background to what I'm doing to be able to share art and, and the process. Right. So, mm-hmm. so when was it that you first uh, started to think about starting your own business. Where were you and, and, and how did that come about? Um, I think, well, it was about five year, years ago that I decided that I was going to um, be creative in that endeavor. My daughter and I, uh, as a bonding effort, um, so she's to smiling speak. behind you. She's smiling behind <laughs> me. Uh, I, we started out making earrings together, and in our craft room, uh, which was just an extra side room, uh, we had a big uh, 
uh, old wooden door that we had propped up um, with bins, and we had our supplies out there, and she would sit on one side, I would sit on the other side, and we'd share tools back and forth, and we'd make these simple earrings as as gifts. And I think um, after a while, it got a little out of hand because beading is an obsession. and <laughs> Like and knitting, right, Manny? It's like knitting. There's a lot of... Um, products out there and there's a lot of supplies and there's a lot of options that you can create with so um, the tools and the beads all these things were collected on our table and um, we just decided that we were going to be you know useful and um, creative with our hands and and giving as much as we could to others as gifts and I think that um, the second part of that evolved later as far as um the process of joy making is very relaxing to some. Uh, it might not be a business adventure, but it, it's a great craft. So learning different aspects of joy making um, became a step-by-step process that has many different tiers and levels. So um, it just made sense t- for me with a lot of time and creativity to explore those areas and keep growing. Right. Take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I also saw that you um, are a published illustrator. Well, that happened while I was in Japan. I was uh, taking a few language classes to spill, fill some time and to kind of get acquainted with the culture. And one of the instructors of um, one of my courses wrote a few books. And she approached me and asked if I would illustrate um her next um, workbooks that were pretty much uh, language workbooks for children. And so I did that while I was there. And that was just another thing that kind of fell in my lap, but a great experience and something to, you know, also have in the back pocket. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've done a lot of different things. I think it's great that, it all, and it all brought you to, you know, to this time in your life. Well, I think things pile up in everyone's life. And if you can package them all together and find a certain theme and a focus that you can draw upon all those experiences, you know, whether it's, you know, us moving around from state to state being very transient. Um, Every time I move somewhere else, I need to gather as much as I can from that information from that space because I don't know if I'm going to be there again. So like living here, being so close to downtown, going to the art museums, finding new things, um, finding, um, you know, galleries, those type of things are invaluable to me because I might be moving on to a new place and I have to explore a new new area the next time I go. So so. is that the case you could actually be... You're, you're not here for or good or you don't know. Well, you know what? In, in reality, we're never here for <laughs> in, in any reason. We're never here for good. So, um, yes, moving on is always a possibility as long as my husband's in the military. And um, when the retirement years approach, which they are fast, uh, we'll decide where we want to live um, and go from there and then you can settle down yes yeah Mm -hmm. well that's an adventurous life speaking from someone who's been born and raised in this area never really you know other than some trips um i've only lived here and when i speak to people that have not just traveled around but actually lived in other areas i think that's so great i think it's 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 great if you're willing i think the willingness is the biggest part not everybody's happy being a military spouse not everybody's happy living in the same spot all the time right so whatever you're used to is what you adapt to right and i wasn't used to this lifestyle but i've adapted to it so i think that the willingness to go with the flow is also just the plus to everything else right now, as far as your business, typically artists, creative people are not so good at numbers and accounting and, and all that kind of stuff. So who helps you run that part of the business? Well, I'm always learning. And then, of course, you rely on professionals and outsourcing for the things that you don't like to do or do not do as well. So that's a learning process that I'm always open to learning as much as I can about something and going with that. Okay. And can you tell me uh, before our break a little bit about your two children? Your daughter's with us in the studio, and I know she's in college. And I uh, wonder if you can tell the listeners a little bit about your kids. Okay. Well, I have got two children, and um, Zach is uh, um, living here in Pennsylvania with his wife, and he's uh, working in uh, Warminster. 
at a private ambulance company and also um, is in the Army Reserves himself. Oh, okay. So he's serving in his own way. Following Um, his dad? Yes, in a a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, My husband's in the Marine Corps, though. Okay. And Mackenzie is a student um, finding her way uh, and attending a college in North Carolina, Western Western. I'm sorry, Western Carolina University, where she also plays soccer. So she's a busy girl. And um, they are here um, doing their thing, doing their thing. And right. we're, we're here, you know, ex- excited to be together again for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, before we take a break, I, I'm wondering how I always like to ask this about women who've started their own businesses before you actually take that first step. Was there somebody you looked to, somebody you reached out to to say, this is what I'd like to do and I'd really, uh, you know, I could really use your help in getting started. There's a lot of different parts to starting your own business. Uh, I think the first step that I did was uh, take classes at the local community college because the business resources there are invaluable as far as support and then also giving you a heads up and a head start. So um, as far as taking classes went, I did that. And then also um, joining a lot of networking groups helped me get the support and using their expertise uh, was also invaluable in trying to find out which direction and how and why you should do something. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we both are familiar with Network Now. We'll mm-hmm. give them a quick shout out. And I think they are invaluable. The women's groups are so willing to help and support each other. Yes. And in those groups, there's a woman in every background. Yes. Mm-hmm. So h- when did you join uh, Network Now? Uh, we just moved here in July, so um, shortly after that. And did someone mm-hmm. recommend that to you? Or did actually, you seek it? I actually found out about Network Now on Facebook. On Facebook? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank God for Facebook, right? That's right. right. (laughs) Um, When we come back, we're going to take a little break for our sponsors. And when we come back, I'd love to hear all about the creative side of your business, exactly how people can get involved, um, what the services are that you offer, and also where you get all of your inspiration for your pieces. I'd love to hear about that. Great. So we'll be right back. I'm undefined. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. Are you a wise woman? If so, attend a free wise woman workshop focusing exclusively on the financial challenges women of all ages face today. Today is the day to secure your financial independence. The workshop is free. The information is priceless. The only cost to you is your time. So register today at www.wisewomenworkshop.com or call 267-699-9700. Again, that number is 267-699-9700. Mention Women to Watch and receive a free workbook. To find a workshop in your area, go to www.wisewomenworkshop.com. Wagmore Next Door is Skipback Animal Hospital's latest addition to help meet the needs of your pet. We are the only animal hospital in the Skipback and surrounding area now providing a doggy day camp and one-stop shopping for your pet's exercise and fun. Have you ever come home after a long day at work to find that your dog has eaten your favorite pair of underwear or socks, destroyed parts of your home, or shoplifted an entire chicken from the kitchen countertop? Leaving your dog home alone can be dangerous and life-threatening. Wagmore Next Door is fully supervised and operated by trained animal professionals. Here your dog will run and play with other dogs. Obedience training is also available and very popular. Your dog will go home tired, content, and happy. We have many packages to choose from to accommodate your work schedule, vacation schedule, and out-of-town schedule. For information, please call us at 610-584-6300, or you can visit our website, skipbackanimalhospital.com. You can also check out our Facebook page. We can't wait to see you. Want your home to look great for company from out of town? Moving to a new place? or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, 
Quickie has the right tool for you. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow into the number one cleaning tool company in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. At Bluebell Physical Therapy, our goal is to get you back in the game, back to work, and back to your normal way of life. Our highly respected team provides preventative and rehabilitation services from everyday physical and occupational therapy to post-operative rehab of your knees, shoulders, or spine. Bluebell Physical Therapy focuses on achieving each patient's maximum level of recovery. Bluebell Physical Therapy, the treatment you need from the therapist you trust. Get your skinny water today at Acme. Great taste, zero guilt. And see how delicious a zero-calorie enhanced with vitamins and electrolytes can be. Because taste matters, doesn't it? Try skinny water today at Acme. Is your online store cluttering your house and garage with your product? Does it require you to spend all your free time shipping packages, leaving you no time to work with new customers or develop new marketing initiatives? Now is the time to free up your space and time and let ABC Fulfillment provide you with cost-effective warehousing, order processing, and shipping for your products. Our 20,000-square-foot warehouse is conveniently located in Ambler, PA. ABC Fulfillment is a 100% woman-owned and operated business and has helped many small and mid-sized businesses solve their warehousing and order processing problems. We pride ourselves on our attention to detail as well as our excellent customer service. When you call us, you will always speak with someone who can help you solve your problem and not be asked to leave a message. Our personal touch and expertise separates us from the rest. Last year, we shipped over 150,000 packages for our customers, including order processing and shipping for the Jill Steals and Deals segment of the Today Show, saving our customers both time and money. If you would like to spend more time finding new products to sell, reaching new customers, and marketing your products, now is the time to call ABC Fulfillment. Please call 215-628-3154 and ask for Eileen or Lisa to help you get started. News Talk 1180-WFYL, streaming live at 1180-WFYL.com. Hey, everybody. We're back uh, in the studio uh, this afternoon with Veronica Hallstrom, who is owner of Club Creative Studio. And we're talking a lot today about how art can inspire um, all of us, really, in any industry that we're in. And um, Veronica, let's talk a little bit about that. A lot of what you do is inspirational to people, uh, not just for the project that they're working on, but to help them in other parts of their life. Right. Well, I... I believe that you have to strike a balance between business and pleasure, and even though that's a delicate process, um, it can seem effortless if you love what you do. And uh, with with that thought always in mind as your focus of loving what you're doing, you can spread the word about what you're doing in a more effective way, and you can share what you're doing. Um, I have a mantra in my business that I am to be creative every day. And so having that focus every day reminds me that that's my goal. That's what I want to do. And I think that others can be creative in their field of work or their field of study or their field of play um, to some level and some degree. And what are some of the ways that they can do that? I think that uh, if you uh, take a task and try to put a spin on it to make it more pleasurable, that's being creative. So if you are a writer and you can uh, do that in a new way or exciting way or a different way, that's bringing those creative juices to your work. If you are a decorator, of course, that's a visual art so that um, you can... um, 
automatically think that that person is being creative because of the way that they maybe attach the fabric to their windows or the way that they use upholstery or balance their design aspects. Um, Those creative ways are things that make your job fun and, of course, can be productive at the same time. And how about, um, you know, an industry that really is not related to a creative field? Let's just give some specific examples. Let's say you're an accountant and those are the services you're offering. How... What are some specific things a person like that could do to kind of um, come up with some creative ways to to either market their business if it's not a you know it's not a creative business or just as you said get their creative juices going? I think that for an accountant, I'm not a I'm not a person sitting at a desk every day, but uh, anybody that has that type of job where their focus is very intricate with numbers or computers, um, taking time away from what you're doing can be the creative part. Maybe it isn't always just applying to your business, but you know maybe you need to um, have a creative outlet of some type that will, in exchange, uh, blend into your work day that will make you feel better. Maybe it's creative exercise. Maybe it's a creative way of um, how you're going to dress that day. Um, just nurturing some type of creativity gives you the energy and a different focus. I yeah, think. I think it's really key what you just said. I, I saw um, something the other day, a CEO of a very large corporation, and I can't think of what the company was, said the way he gets most of his ideas are to leave the office building and he takes long walks in the woods and that's where he comes up with all of his ideas so his his co-workers and the people that work for him they know when he's left the building he's going to come back and be ready to work because that's where he gets his inspiration well I think inspiration can come from anywhere whether it's that walk or a book or the research or something that you see and so um, I use my camera as my inspiration anytime I my daughter knows that that I carry this camera everywhere and she she jokes with me and says, Mom, you need to leave that camera alone and live in the moment and stop trying to document. And I'm walking, you know, five steps behind everybody else because I'm stopping to capture a moment somewhere else. But those things um, later on inspire me. So I'm taking notes as I go in life with that camera or with the notebook because I plan to use those images at some point. It's funny to me. She's telling you to live in the moment, put the camera down, and you're probably saying, live in the moment and put that phone down. That's Stop true. Stop texting. That's true. We each have, you know, our own little thing that we, you know, need to have in our hand. But right. um, creatively, I think that anybody can be inspired to do um, do their job a little bit better if they're researching, if they're letting their, you know, mind take control, you know, or not control for a little while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even the most creative people, um, have kind of mental blocks and you know whatever it is they their task is that day they all of a sudden they're stuck what are the biggest challenges you face um, as the owner of your business creatively just in general okay I think that um, the biggest challenge for me being transient is also um, the, the challenge of being in a new place and trying to discover uh, new customers or getting the word out in a new place. So even though we have technology, we have the internet, we have Pinterest, we have uh, the website, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have LinkedIn, we have all of these um, technical um areas that can spread the word for us um there also needs to be for me in my area that moment where someone wants to see feel and touch something right and see it right in front of them so um the challenge for me everywhere that i move is to get the word out about what i do and how i do it and um share the art as much as i can and you, I know that you, for the listeners that aren't familiar with your business, you, you, um, you make your own 
pieces, designs. I understand you do things other than just jewelry. Yes. Um, you know, like I said before, starting out with a pair of earrings seems to be a simple um, product or an item, but um, having evolved into different areas in the, in the jewelry art as far as wire work, using resin, I handmade my own beads now. Uh, I use um, polymer clay basically for the handmade beads, and then I also use Italian glass where I hand torch the glass beads. And um, that came out of a need and evolved because um, jewelry was a relaxing and is a relaxing craft for people that can do that or choose to try it and tempt that. However, and all ages can do that as well. However, for me, I needed to step a little bit higher and go beyond what everyone else was doing. I started to notice that people were um, looking a little, maybe maybe the designs were different, but if they were using the same supplies, they had the same look. So with, you know, over you know mil- billions of people on this planet i know that people need to and and want to look unique they want to show their inv- individuality they want to be expressive with their art and so for me providing one of a kind pieces that um just solves that problem and and the possibilities for what you do are absolutely endless i wonder if you're open when um some of the pieces that you make are theme related and I wonder if you get those ideas from your customers and your clients, or um, do you come up with the you know interests that you have and and you create things in that theme? How does that come about? Well, I'm I do have things tucked away as surprises in my mind right now of things that products that I'd like to um, introduce in the future. Um, but um, typically, I'm trying to introduce something new. Uh, for the needs of customers, for requests, and then also popularity of things that I see around. Um, for example, I, uh, we're in uh, um, an area where there are many vineyards, and so um, right away, although I had offered um, handmade wine stoppers before on um, in my inventory line, um, I now decided to make wine theme necklaces to kind of pair up with those things. So um, always looking around, always be inspired by others, um, always be inspired by what I maybe create on accident. Um, Those are always themes that can be any level of development. Right. Mm -hmm. that, That makes it exciting, actually. You wake up every day and you think maybe, you know, Today I'm going to come up with a, an entirely new theme, and it's because you went somewhere and and you saw something and you saw a need to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, you ha- do you have a studio where people can come and create with you, or is everything done online? My uh, Club Creative Studio is my workspace, and uh, when you're talking about growing your business, um, that may be something that's down the line as far as offering a space where people can come and gather and take lessons or experiment with clay or uh, you know just do developing their own at their own rate at, in a in a general space or together with someone else um, that's um, not possible r- right now mm-hmm. but um, cer- certainly a thought that uh, I can expand in Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that um, you believe, and it certainly is the case, that, that creating things artistically and, and uh, just working with the beads and, and the things that you do is therapy. And I wonder if if you would have some recommendations for someone who perhaps is looking for something that takes them away from you know the reality of day-to-day and wants to do something creatively um, and they don't have that expertise. Just some some suggestions on what they can work with and, and what they can do. I think the first step for anyone who wants to develop a new hobby or a new skill is to go to YouTube, go online, uh, research uh, what their interests may lie on, and then maybe buy a how-to book, uh, go to a video, um, and just experiment uh, at a small level. When you're starting a new hobby or a new craft, uh, whether it's for therapeutic or maybe a business venture later on, investing in those supplies is not uh, is not sometimes um, cost effective. So if you're able to take a class at some point and just get an introduction to 
uh, what you want to learn. That's the easiest step, and then go from there. And there's so many, di- you know, my, I think I mentioned to you, my daughter's a photography mm-hmm. major. So um, the school that she's in, there's so many mediums mm-hmm. in, in creativity, and it can be photography, it can be jewelry making, um, it can be computer type. So there's got to be something for a niche for everyone to do something creatively. I think so. And I think the best part about being creative is that it's coming from an individual. If something is not mass produced and not copied and it comes from the heart, then that is what creativity is. Um, Einstein says creativity is is contagious. And I believe that you can be inspired by anything, anyone, and even yourself. So um, just the things that you can do or aspire to do is uh, great for growing that creative spirit. I I think sometimes um, small businesses, um, a lot of the, like the ones, the members of uh, the networking group that we belong to are often looking for ad specialty items. Is that an area you've ever gotten into or would consider, in other words, if they uh, were having an event and they wanted something custom and unique, Um, Would that be something you would do? Oh, always. Um, That is the best challenge that I can do is uh, have someone give me a list of their wants and needs, uh, a visual picture. And most people say, uh, this is what I'd like. This is what I'm thinking of. Here, go for it. And that's the best um, the best challenge ever because coming up with something maybe totally different or better than what they're envisioning is very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Can you can do you have a story about uh, maybe a customer who um, you designed something for that sticks in your mind is maybe the most challenging that you've had? Uh, a few different challenges. Uh, one was someone who was uh, treating their mother and father to an anniversary cruise, and they wanted to su- surprise the mother by packing her suitcase for her. And within each um, outfit, they wanted a necklace and earrings to match each outfit. And then we stuck it in between the clothing, and that was a big surprise when she got on the cruise and and knew that everything was there for her and coordinated and just a neat surprise. That's really neat. I think I read on your website about um, another necklace that you created for a very personal, specific purpose. Okay, that could have been the just recently where um, a fellow... Um, jewelry artist um, came to me and said, uh, you know, I know that I could do this, but I probably can't do it the same way. Can you um, take my cause and make it into a jewelry necklace? And I called it a a journey jewelry because she was telling me the story of her past, which was um, somewhat painful as far as um, personal abuse has gone and she wanted to and she had started a foundation where she wants to spread the word about how she has changed and grown and flown in a new direction and so uh, I created a um, one-of-a-kind piece that symbolized her flying in a new direction with a butterfly theme and with the colors that she liked the most uh, and the statement piece that she wanted and just hit all the points that she requested and she was thrilled and I think that adding personal touches to anything that you create and anything that I can create for someone that has a special meaning behind it uh, is the best challenge and the best message that can go along with the jewelry and that's why it's valuable to them. Yeah, I think that's so cool. I don't know that there's really anything out there like that where you can um, have a reason to make something specific and you can take all those bits and pieces of the information they give you and create you know something visual a physical piece for them to have that's really unique i think it's just a step beyond maybe making it personalized as far as adding an initial or something very simple like a birthstone mm-hmm. um in c- when you combine the whole package um that has a special meaning and you can convey that to others if you wish, or if not, it's just a personal meaning for you or the person that's wearing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how you keep up with all of these orders. If you work by yourself or do you have people that help you? I'm basically by myself. I, I do um, some some aspects of my life are in order, some are in chaos, and that's okay. If you can handle the happy chaos and, and you know what needs to be done when and where, then that's fine. Um, 
it's part of the trade as far as knowing all the aspects of your business as far as taking the photographs yourself or posting them online and blogging and you know sharing them and then having a craft fair or you know being in a, in a different uh, different venues which i i do have things scattered uh in the town that's available locally that you can go to and purchase items so it's just a matter of doing the things in order or um prioritizing and just trying to do it all right mm-hmm. and do you participate a lot in craft shows uh i i do from time to time because people like the connection between knowing who the artist is and i love the time that i can elaborate on the art or the steps that is taking. you know if i'm showing somebody a bead uh, their reaction is usually wait what you said you make the beads too and so it's always an open you know open end to say yes and this is how you know each step takes each bead takes about 13 steps if I'm making a clay bead so for them to know that um, little aspect or to go on the website and read about that um, that's an appreciation that comes into oh I understand why it takes this long or I understand why it's a little more valuable now because it's not mass-produced and it is made by hand with love so I forget do you have a video on your website of you actually creating something um, I have I may have um, I do have still pictures still shots of um, making glass beads um, I'm working on being a little more comfortable in front of the camera. So I am adding uh, video and a few how-tos every now and then. Um, and the goal is to, you know, evolve in that area too so that I can get the personal side and then also show a, show the process, you know, in video. Which yeah, is, I, I think that's really important. As you said, people don't always understand um, what goes into something. And, and once they see the steps from mm-hmm. beginning to end, mm-hmm. it makes, you know, it gives more value mm-hmm. to it that. Does to that end result. Now, who does all your marketing? I you know, mean, you you do you have a wonderful website and, you know, the Facebook and LinkedIn and and there's, you know, imagery is very important with what you do. You're looking at You're looking the at person. her too. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, your daughter's uh, you know, laughing. It, it, it's <laughs> My a, super mom. It's a big job and it is, it is it is hard to keep that title, but I my idea of keeping everything boutique style and small is a great manageable time right now and to look a little bit broader or bigger is something that um maybe in the future, but I would like to keep things manageable and, and do as much as I can. And so, you know, having the opportunity to learn about all those different facets is great and only makes me a stronger person, a better business person, and also just no, more knowledgeable, you know, on, in all these areas. So. Yeah. I, I often like to ask um, my guests about, uh, to just talk about a specific, um, you know, uh, what you do on a typical day. I guess, because when people are listening, I think it's overwhelming to think about all the things that you need to do as a business owner. But if you're organized, it's manageable. So on a typical day for you, do you, or do you get up and first thing go into the studio and start to create or are you answering your emails, checking your website? It actually depends on the night before. If I cannot sleep, which oftentimes I don't, and um, certain times of the week, I might feel more in tune to do something in the middle of the night, that's when I'll get up. (laughs) So if I'm working for, you know, five, six hours in the middle of the night, that's okay with me, then I can adjust the day. So between blogging and um, picture taking and inventory and, you know, the marketing and um, keeping track of items in different venues, all those things kind of come together and have a time and a place. Um, I used to have a schedule of I'm now I'm going to do this, now I'm going to do this, now I'm going to do this, and it's very stif- It was very stifling for me, even though it was organized and and the time you know was constraint wasn't maybe as bad. But if I have the need to get up in the middle of the night and create, I'm not going to not do that. Right, because so, it's not the right time. Right, so my hours <clears throat> are long, but in different spurts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this show is 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 about women and and women in business and women running organizations. Um, I'd love for you to leave with the listeners advice that you have as a business owner. Um, what would you say is is the most important thing to give women the courage to go ahead and do what it is they want to do? If they have an idea, they're sitting at home and and they do have an idea about something that uh, inspires them, but 
they're afraid. Uh, I think uh, finding your uh, finding your person that you're going to look to and looking for others and inspiration from others that have gone before you, find a mentor or find um, find somebody that you can look up to and work with um, is going to be the key to keep your passion and to go forward. Don't make a pro and con list because the the con list is always going to get longer. And <laughs> I think the, it's more important to be pro and proactive in your ideas, proactive in your dreams and proactive in your process. And you can't do it alone. You, you know, you really do need, right. yeah, you really do need somebody else mm-hmm. to, to be supportive. Um, lastly, I'd love for you to give out your information that, that you'd like the listeners, how they can reach you, um, how they can find your website. And, um, okay. I, uh, have the website at www.clubcreativestudio.com. There is information there on how to get to the blog. There is information there on how to like us on Facebook and follow us on Pinterest as well. You can pin right from the um, website. Uh, Twitter, you can follow us um, right from the the homepage as well. The inventory is always in... uh, revol- in, uh, revolving, not revolving, but um, evolving. Evolving. <laughs> That's the word. And so, uh, because something is one of a kind, once it's up there and it's gone, it's gone for good. So, um, the limited um, uh, items are only there as long as they are available. Okay, and that's important because, you know, with the holidays coming up, um, there are things, it's not too late for someone if they go onto your site and they see something they want. Right, it's never too late for gift-giving occasions and special um, uh, special offers, which um, I do want to offer our our listeners today, uh, those that are in the area listening and and learning from us today. Uh, If you are uh, online and browsing the website, um, clubcreativestudio.com, I'd like to offer a special code that you can enter in the coupon section uh, for 10% off your online website orders for the month of January. So looking ahead, you can have time to browse. Uh, the code would be WFYL1180, WFYL1180 for the month of January. Go ahead and like us on Facebook, enter that code, and receive your 10% discount on online orders. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much, Veronica. I appreciate your coming in. And your daughter, thank you for being patient back there. And that's it, gang, for this week's uh, Women to Watch here on WFYL 1180. And again, please feel free to call me anytime if you have an interest in becoming a part of this show. And you can do so by calling me at 215-313-5561 or email me at srocco233 at gmail. Have a great week, everyone. For the better part of me. Hang my head from sorrow so much.